0: Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not what. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dogster Presented by BetMGM. And good morning, everyone. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM on a Monday. Coming up, boy, do we have plenty to talk about after a busy weekend in the National Football League. We will get to that in just moments. Then at 6.20, more from the NFL with the playoffs set and Black Monday upon us. During the 7 o'clock hour, we recap the best performances of the weekend when we crown the winner of MVP Monday at 7.20. We've also got a national championship game to talk about, followed by today's NBA schedule at 7.40. And then football, football, and more football during the eight o'clock hour, including our best bets and a visit from the Donkster. Chelsea, how are you on this Monday?
1: Good morning. I am very excited that we do have a national champion crowned in college football tonight, but I'm very sad that yesterday was the last full slate of NFL games that we're going to have until next year. Because, of course, we do have the playoffs, which are the most exciting time of the season. Cause I'm not going to lie. There are some of these games thrown mm-hmm. in there that I'm not super paying attention to anything in the NFC South pretty much don't care. <laughs> uh, the Jets and Patriots, <laughs> the game that we actually bet on. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch That's much gross. of that game cause it looked absolutely terrible. But the fact that we no longer have a full slate of games to choose from, that mm-hmm. does make me a little sad.
0: Well, what are you going to do now? We got the NFL playoffs coming up. Are you telling me you don't care about the NFL playoffs or just like parts of the NFL playoffs, like just certain games or certain matchups that you're over already?
1: No, I'm super excited for the NFL playoffs. I just think from a betting and a watching perspective, it's always good to have more options. And Mm -hmm. you know, when you don't have the full slate, it's not like, okay, this is the entire weekend for me or the entire Sunday where I'm going to have to sit here and watch all these games. It's like, okay we got a couple games uh so it's just a tinge of sadness because uh nfl season is slowly coming to an end
0: yeah it's sad i have to admit although i would think that well it's still a few months away i was gonna say baseball's coming up but it's only january and spring training is still still a bit away so are you excited for baseball at all are you like dude we still got a long time before that
1: Yeah, I think that's a ways away, at least for us. It is going to be squarely basketball season. I have been slowly dipping my toe into the foot of of the waters of college basketball because it feels like that is the next big thing for us after the Super Bowl, which I know we still have a month until the Super Bowl. But after the Super Bowl, it is full steam ahead into March Madness. So we have some good things on the horizon.
0: No, no doubt about it. Well, what was your weekend like? Did you just watch football all weekend? What happened there in Nashville? I saw yesterday on the gram that you and Jake were out watching the game somewhere and enjoying some food and drink.
1: Yeah, we went to a local restaurant, which I know is super exciting. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really do that much this weekend. Like I'm, I always roll my eyes. You know how it is. Like My goal for the weekend was to complete four loads of laundry and to exercise each day. I accomplished my goals, but they're just not super exciting goals. But we did go to a Korean barbecue place. That's what that picture was from. Have you ever been to one of these places where you have to cook your own food?
0: I actually have one of the worst. Well, whenever I think of a place where you have to cook your own food, that does not appeal to me because it reminds me of when I was in Austin many years ago and I was part of a bachelor auction And I was the first guy out on this bachelor auction. This is the late 90s. And I was like, oh, God, my sales girl convinced me to do this. Not my personal sales girl, but a a saleswoman who was part of our TV staff at Austin. She's like, you'd be great. You're the first guy out. They give you a huge date package. So I go out and the bidding goes down. And one of the reasons it went down was probably because of me. And then number two, my date package sucked. Like everyone else was getting like a tour on a boat on Lake Austin and tickets to No Doubt. And I got dinner for two at U.R. Cooks. And U.R. Cooks was just like a local steakhouse where you go and make your own food. I'm like, this sucks. Of course my betting is, is going down. And then to add insult to injury, she actually bet on me so that I would get off stage because she felt so bad. So that's what I always think about. When I think about cooking your own food, I have been to a place here in DC and it's good, but I always, I have like a flashback whenever that happens.
1: Oh, for sure. That sounds traumatic, but I will say it is a good experience. If you haven't tried a lot of things, because the way it's set up is all you can eat, you play a uh, pay a flat fee and it's not food that is difficult to cook on like the skillet that they have in front of you. It's very thin pieces of meat that have been marinated in like Korean you know, marinades. So mm-hmm. it's not difficult. It's just the act. Like I was like, we have to cook it ourselves. But apparently <laughs> this is a big thing in Korea. And a lot of my husband's friends from baseball have played baseball in Korea. So he was like, okay, this is what they do like every night over there. And it's really good. And they just have this feast where you pick whatever meat you want. You okay. know, you've got the, the beef, you've got the chicken, you've got the shrimp, you've got the pork. So I think if you're somebody who likes to eat a lot of meat or just a lot in general, you know, that's a great option. And also the things that I didn't even know what they were, I could try them without a penalty. Because, you know, if you go to a restaurant with a cuisine that's kind of exotic to you and you don't know like some of the things, you're like, what the hell is that? You can try it and, you know, (laughs) you're being charged for it anyway. So I feel like it's a good way to kind of branch out.
0: Uh, I think that's a good synopsis. Maybe I'll do it again with a, a clear mind instead of going back in time, remembering when my bid went down because I was making a making a meal at UR Cooks. Chelsea, we had a squad play this weekend, and we were both Bleh. hoping that Bill Belichick would come home in his what looks to be his final game in Foxborough, but that was not to be. And by the way, I had no idea there was going to be an absolute blizzard and Foxborough. I mean, they got three inches of snow from kickoff until like midway through the fourth quarter. It was so nasty.
1: Yeah. But these are both cold weather teams. Like one would think that, you know, it's not the Miami dolphins. The Patriots should be able to play in this. But the problem is this is what happens when you kind of trust those bad teams. Cause I think mm-hmm. we knew this going in the Patriots were short favorites at home. And maybe the sentimental factor played into this too much because in week 18 of the NFL, it was really easy to get it caught up in narratives. Like how right. many of these teams you know, were supposed to win and needed to win to reach the postseason, and then they fell flat on their faces. Ha ha, Jaguars, looking at you, buddy. <laughs> um, so I think week 18, we kind of had a good read on it going forward, saying it's kind of like week one. There's gonna be some chaos. And did you know yeah. there was plenty of chaos? In week 18 and i'm gonna say from a betting standpoint was not my best weekend
0: i mean i would make the pick again there's a difference between bad weather and then weather like that where you can't even throw the ball you can't see in front of you so i'm all about the jets and patriots being bad weather teams but rarely do you see in the nfl a game where you just can't move the football and they've got to use a snowblower just to like blow the the lines down the field so you can see where you're going, where you see how many yards you need to pick up for a first down. I really thought that the the Patriots performed better than they did. They didn't. That's part of betting. But whatever. Still, you had a successful week. Dogster had a successful Friday. He had Clippers Pelicans over two hundred twenty nine. Clippers went one eleven ninety five, so that was a loss for the Donkster. And then Timberwolves at the Rockets plus three and a half. T Wolves went one twenty two ninety five. That was a dub. So for the week, Chelsea, you went three and one. I went three and two. And the Donkster went five and three. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. MGM. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Let's talk about the bigger games on the schedule. Yesterday, you were talking about chaos. How about the Houston Texans beating the Colts 23-19? The Texans laying a point and a half. They're a minus 130 on the money line. Total set at 48. The under hits. C.J. Stroud, 20 of 26, 264 yards. Two touchdowns and no picks. As Stroud, little play action to start. Good protection. Hears it out for Collins. He's got it. One play, touchdown Texans. Mm Mm-hmm. Joe Buck with the call, and look at this. The Houston Texans go to Indianapolis. They get the win. They capture their first playoff berth since 2009, and because your Titans knocked off the Jags, the Texans win the AFC South. They host the Browns on Saturday at 4.30 in Houston. What a job by D'Amico Ryans, and we do have to mention, even though it was a heartbreaker, late in this game, the Colts did have a chance to possibly Go ahead, But on a fourth and one from the Houston 15, it's Tyler Goodson, the Colts running back, dropping what would have been a first down pass from Gardner Minshew. And that was tough. He was great after the game, talking about it, taking full responsibility. But ultimately, full credit to the Texans, who came out of nowhere in the first year for D'Amico Ryans.
1: Yeah, what a season for the Texans. And what a season for CJ Stroud. He was pretty solid in this one, like you said, 20 of 26. The only weakness I'm seeing here is, is the Mm -hmm. fact that he really likes throwing to one of two guys. Uh, Nico Collins had nine catches for 195 yards. Dalton Schultz, the tight end, five catches for 42. And then the rest of the receiving core did not have a total of more than nine yards per player. When you have a team that is so, I want to say, top-heavy, do you think that's easier to defend a team like that when a quarterback really wants to throw to one said player? Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you can say, all right, we're going to focus on these guys. If you want to beat us, mm-hmm. beat us with your other guys. Beat us with – and I don't want to say it's a crutch. That, that's too strong of a term. But you know mm-hmm. how it is. It's it's like Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey. You know he's going to go to Kelsey, right? Especially this season. So, all right, Ugh. we'll shut down Kelsey. Beat us with the other guys. So it's, it's a similar mindset, right? We know you're going to go to Nico. He's your guy. So let's try to shut him down. And then you can spread it out elsewhere, particularly since you're a rookie quarterback. But – I'm stunned. You never know what you're going to get with a rookie quarterback. And C.J. Stroud has had one of the best rookie seasons for a quarterback in NFL history. He's been unbelievable.
1: Oh, for sure. I'm not taking anything away from C.J. Stroud because I feel like this is going to sound weird, but it feels like the bar has been set like lower for some of these first-round quarterbacks Mm -hmm. because we haven't seen a ton of success for some of these guys. And now it feels like it's the norm where you kind of just expect these rookie quarterbacks to struggle. Like, going into the season, what do we always say? Rookie quarterbacks always struggle. So, you know, take this season with a grain of salt. But C.J. Stroud, man, the learning curve has been real quick for him. He has figured it out in a hurry. And so is this Houston team as a whole, which, you know, they had a lot of draft picks. Will Anderson, of mm-hmm. course, one of the the first-round picks as well. D'Amico Ryans uh, has done a bang-up job there. But I think it does get a lot harder for the Texans moving forward because you look at that secondary, they're allowing mm-hmm. the third fewest uh, yards to opposing wide receivers. So if they can, you know, shut down Nico Collins, it's going to be tough sledding, I think, for the Texans, especially against this Browns team. But, who is is there any other team that's carrying more momentum into the postseason?
0: I, don't I feel like the so. Browns
1: are the hottest of them all.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy. The fight in Joe Flacco is going to be back at it again next week. It's going to be a great story, going to be great to watch. We do need to talk about the Bills beating the Dolphins. We both like Buffalo over the weekend. They take care of business on South Beach. The Bills were laying two and a half points. They were minus 150 on the money line. Total set at 48, the under hits. It was not easy. Josh Allen commits three turnovers in Miami territory, including two picks, but he finishes with 359 yards passing and this. Second and goal. Look in motion. Allen throws. It's cut to the end zone. Knocks. Buffalo takes the lead. Mike Tarico with the call on NBC. So the Buffalo Bills win the AFC East for the fourth straight season. They capture their fifth consecutive victory. They will be the number two seed in the AFC playoffs this after sitting at five and five in November. And Chelsea, didn't you have a ticket on the Bills to win the division?
1: Yeah, I didn't even bet on him that late in the season. I think I got him 2-1 to to win the AFC East. I was feeling a little nervous that I didn't hedge, especially at halftime at this game uh, when the Bills did not look that great. I will say it kind of took that punt return touchdown to get the Bills back in this one. What's your take on the Bills moving forward? Because, of course, we know they have Mm -hmm. incredible upside. It's a team that's rolling into the postseason, uh, even after a very small chance to even make the postseason. But now they have a favorable matchup at home against the Steelers. But, again, you look at this Bills team, and their bugaboo this season has been the fact that they have been very inconsistent. And we saw it kind of in a nutshell last night where Josh Allen had three turnovers, but yet this team still won. So I am undecided on Buffalo moving forward, I think.
0: I think it comes down to what we've seen all season with the Bills, which is Josh Allen needs to take care of the football. And I hate I hate reiterating what seem to be tired tropes, things you hear again and again and again, but it really is the truth. Yesterday is a perfect example. He did just enough to get Buffalo the victory, but again, three turnovers inside Miami territory. That game probably isn't close if he doesn't commit those interceptions and that fumble. So I think it comes down to Josh Allen. And a few weeks ago, the Bills decided to be more of a running football team yesterday or at least last night Miami they went back to what sort of got them to five and five which is let's ask Josh Allen to do everything we'll see how they manipulate that offense moving forward in the postseason coming up next here on the show the playoff picture is set in the NFL we're going to look back and then look ahead to what we expect this weekend in the National Football League it is a daily tip from Beck UL presented by Bad Welcome back to the show. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins live in DC. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up, a look ahead to this week's playoffs in the National Football League. The matchup's now set after the Bills and Dolphins settled things last night in Miami. Chelsea, did you watch the Golden Globes at all last night? Even peek in at all?
1: No, I didn't.
0: <laughs> I did see
1: that they were on. I feel like I deserve a pat on the back for being aware enough to realize that they were yeah. going on. Um, but no, I don't know. Like, what is what is the intrigue in watching those shows? If you are not somebody who's super into right. movies or super into actors and actresses, mm-hmm. I just I don't get it. Like, I want to watch the actual movies but I don't wanna watch the award show. It's kinda similar to the ESPYs. Like, I love sports, but I don't care about the ESPYs anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. The only reason I ask is because I saw that Joe Coy was trending this morning and he was the host last night and apparently it was not good. Not good at all. And now I'm seeing a, a meme of Taylor Swift going viral because of course, He decided to take a shot at Taylor and say something to the effect of, well, at the Golden Globes, you actually see more cutaways of Taylor Swift at at the NFL now. And they cut away to her and she just leans over and just like purses her lips and takes a sip out of her drink. Doesn't crack a smile. Hardly anyone laughs. It was not good. Even his jokes across the board were not good. And whenever he told a joke that didn't hit, he'd blame it on his writers. He's like, you know, I didn't write all of these. I didn't write all of these. Some of these were were written for me. So it got, double D is in all caps, saying it was awful. It was really, really uncomfortable. And so, of course, I had to tune in and saw while I was working on the show this morning, I was listening and watching, and I thought, ooh, he will not be back.
1: Well, he's not that big name of a comedian, right? I think that's the the point that I'm getting to is that Mm -hmm. it is harder and harder, I think, for these award shows to book A-list comedians or people who are really, you know, good at hosting a show. Because no offense to Joe Coy, like I remember him from the Chelsea Handler show and I've seen some of his stand up and it's pretty good, but he's Mm -hmm. not the headliner that they used to have. Didn't they used to have like big time names hosting these type of things? Maybe I'm giving the Golden Globes too much credit. I don't know (laughs) where it stands in the pecking order, but one would think they would get some type of, you know, big time A-list celebrity or some big time comedian to host this.
0: I think now you probably just have to be careful because people are sort of waiting to be offended at every turn. So if you're going to host something like that, it's a very delicate dance. Ricky Gervais was the master of this, right? Because he would get out there with a beer and he would just crush everyone and he wouldn't care. And it was so funny. And even the last time he did it, he would say, who cares? It's the last time he'd take a swig and everyone loved it. Those, those monologues are legendary, but I feel like time has evolved and things have evolved to the point now where you couldn't necessarily get away with that. And if you're going to get away with it, you need to be someone like Ricky Gervais, who has accomplished so much. And he has a certain air about him that allows him to do it. But Joe Coy, nope, not good.
1: So did Ricky Gervais host the Golden Globes? I still don't know where this stands in the packing order because there's a lot of these award shows. There's the Academy Awards, which is like the Oscars. Then there's like the Grammys, which is music then mm-hmm. there's like people's choice like i see all of these pop across my feed when it comes to e-news because it's just like oh you you can't <laughs> wait to see these looks from the red carpet you'll right. literally die and i'm like that's not what literally means uh but do you get what i'm saying <laughs> when they they show these captions for the outfits we're like we're on the ground clutching our pearls I'm right. like, are you really like everything has to be so dramatic for these reactions To the outfits i will say i'll click on some of the pictures for what stars wore on the red carpet and i'll say over the weekend we watched no hard feelings have you seen that on netflix i thought it was pretty good jennifer lawrence is a good actress like i will say that movie was simply because she is captivating on screen like she's hot but also a very good actress yes so i like that i did click on the picture to see what she wore To the Golden Globes. Other than that, didn't really care.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Well, you're not alone. I certainly did not watch, but I saw that trending and I thought, oh, what is this about? And not great. What should be great... The NFL playoffs this weekend. And we start with two matchups on Saturday, Chelsea. The early game at 430 on NBC. The Browns at the Texans. Browns laying two and a half. Browns minus 145 on the money line. Texans plus 120 total set at 44. So this is interesting. The Texans are, I don't want to say the it team. Maybe that's exaggerating. But they have a great story, right? Rookie head coach. Rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterback. They make the playoffs, they win the division, and here they are hosting this game against the Browns, who are probably playing as good a football as anyone in the National Football League relative to expectations. Do you have an early lean?
1: It's hard to go against the veteran in the postseason because as great of a season as C.J. Stroud is having and this young Texans Mm -hmm. team, it is very difficult to look at a battle-tested defense and Joe Flacco, who we used to laugh at for being a statue in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's on the stretch. And, you know, he seems so calm, cool, and collected that it just feels like this is a Brown team I would not want to face. Even though the Browns are on the road, they get the advantage of at least playing in a dome, correct? Isn't NRG inside? Like, they get yep. the benefit of actually having a better place to throw the football at. And lately, that has been the identity of of this browns football team they've been a passing offense which is crazy they used to be such a run heavy attack so now this actually favors the browns offense and you mm-hmm. look at this texan secondary they have one been uh, one of the uh, weaker secondaries over the course of the year to opposing quarterbacks just from a fantasy and you know props perspective this is a team where you take the opposing quarterback and then on the opposite end it's not an egg set or apples to apples comparison because CJ Stroud has to face a really tough Browns secondary and a really tough Browns defense so early lean would be the Browns I don't love taking road favorites but I do feel like the Browns are the better team here
0: yeah I think so too and I also feel like if you're talking about a team that's going to be trendy then the Texans are going to be a trendy pick right at home home dog and those storylines we talked about. But I'm with you. I'm going to go with the much better defense and a guy who has been there before. You can say what you want about Joe Flacco. He's having a great season. And also, this is a former Super Bowl MVP. So I don't know. I don't think the moment will be too big for C.J. Stroud. He's handled everything this season. But it certainly won't be too big for Joe Flacco because this is going to be nothing. He's going to be happy to be on the field and has certainly played in games bigger than this. The late game on Saturday, Dolphins at the Chiefs. Chiefs laying three and a half points. Chiefs minus 190 on the money line. Dolphins plus 155 total set at 43 and hook. It's the eight o'clock game on Peacock. Well, 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 NBC, you dirty dogs. You're going to make all these Swifties buy a monthly membership to Peacock so you can watch Taylor watching Travis in the playoffs. A stroke of brilliance. I don't know if I like it at three and a half, but I'll tell you something. I'm definitely on the Chiefs. I keep talking about how I don't trust the Dolphins at all, and I do not trust the Dolphins at all. They haven't done anything this season except eke out a win over the Cowboys at home that maybe Dallas should have won. I keep saying it, but it bears repeating. Their only win over a team with a winning record this season. I believe Bill Roland, our executive producer, was telling us during the break that the Dolphins are 1-5 in five against playoff teams this year. And also, their their point differential is in the tank. I mean, when they lose to these good teams, they get destroyed. So, I'm on Kansas City.
1: Yeah, Bill, what was that exact stat that you were talking about with the Dolphins? I feel like it was shocking are, to
0: me. They are 1-5 in five against playoff teams with a minus 91 point differential in those games. The only two teams Ooh. worse are the Commanders and the Giants.
1: Woof big wolf and not in a good way like you're taking the dog in this one but here's my question do you trust the Chiefs I think this is the untrustworthy bowl yeah you know both these teams kind of have high <laughs> yeah. expectations high potential but look what they've actually done and look at the product that they've been putting out on the field I'm not so sure that I'm gonna run to Peacock and subscribe just to watch this game I feel like this is the one game out of this weekend that's I don't know. I think I care the least about it. Uh, really? But that being said, of course, yeah. Like of all the games, the Dolphins and the Chiefs, the Chiefs have just mm-hmm. been a pure disappointment this year. Even if they win this game, I feel like maybe their potential is limited just because of their receivers. They just don't have a good staple of receivers who are trustworthy mm-hmm. in the big moments. Like we've had a taste of it in these primetime games. Do you think that's going to go away once the postseason hits? Probably not so if i'm ranking like games Mm -hmm. like watchworthy i think that's last on the list like maybe steelers bills just because the steelers are involved and good god God. you know nobody wants to watch that offense but other than that i think that's the one i least want to watch like i'll probably you know keep an eye on it but Mm -hmm. what's the what's the one you are least interested in, and what's the one you're most interested in
0: least steelers bills no question it's the early Sunday game, 1 o'clock in the East on CBS. I'm just over the Steelers. I don't think they have a chance in this game. I just do not think they have a chance in this game. And Ooh, right now the Bills are like they're nine and a half cool. points for the love of God. Holy crap. Those like nine and a half points. They're minus 500 on the money lines. Steelers are plus 375 total set at 39 and a hook. I woke up this morning. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> Steelers made the playoffs. I'd forgotten. I just don't think there's any way they can hang with Buffalo. I mean, maybe they keep it within the number, but if you're talking about a competitive game, certainly this looks to be the most lopsided game based on the numbers. And I've seen nothing out of Pittsburgh that makes me think, oh yeah, Steelers has got a chance here. Steelers has got a chance. Buffalo is hitting its stride at the right time. They're at home. So I'm really not looking forward to that one. Elsewhere on Sunday though, Packers at Cowboys, Rams, Lions. Which one of those do you think? Yeah, I want to see this one.
1: Uh, The Matt Stafford Bowl? Yes, please. Matt Stafford going back to Detroit. Both these teams I would root for if they made the Super Bowl. Like, I would love Mm -hmm. to see the Rams in it again. I would love to see the Lions, a team that hasn't been in forever, it feels like. So this is a game that I will want to watch. It's the 8 Eastern game on Sunday. I will... I don't know who I'm rooting for, just as far as my heart goes. uh, I'm not sure who I'm rooting for, but I think I will be taking the points with the Rams at a field goal. If this one was two and a half, maybe I'd think twice, but three, if it gets to three and a half, I think I'll be on the Rams.
0: It's going to be fascinating. I'm like you. And the the one thing about the Lions is – You can pass against the Lions. Even yesterday, Mm -hmm. the Vikings made it really interesting. Every time it looked like that the Lions were going to pull away, then all of a sudden you'd see Justin Jefferson wide open in the end zone or someone going deep. So when you're talking about Matthew Stafford with those receivers going into Detroit, and clearly he knows that organization, knows forward Field as well as anyone, I'm with you. I'm on the Rams. And also, we'll have to keep – An eye on the status of Sam Laporta, the great tight end, rookie tight end for the Lions. And Dan Campbell was saying yesterday, you're either all in or you're all out. So he played everyone, and Sam Laporta left that game with what looks to be a serious knee injury. Hopefully it's not, but that's just something to keep a line or an eye on because when you're talking about that Lions passing offense, he has been the go-to guy for Jared Goff. I want to go back to the Cowboys, which is the afternoon game on Sunday, 4.30 game on Fox Cowboys are laying seven and a half points. Cowboys are minus 350 on the money line. Packers plus 275, total set at 49 on the hook. This is the Mike McCarthy game, going back to play against his old team. I I will say, just giving this game a cursory glance, seven and a half points seems like a few too many points here because it is a playoff game. Then again, the flip side is, Chelsea, the Cowboys have just beaten teams like a drum in Dallas.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a no play for me because seven and a half makes me nervous, but fading the Cowboys at home is not something I'm interested in doing. Like, I'm just not. Uh, I know the Packers have looked pretty solid down the stretch. They've really got that run game. They were showing the graphic on how good Aaron Jones has been, but I don't know. This seems like too tough (laughs) of a test. I think I will not be playing this one unless maybe it gets to seven and I'll be on the Cowboys here but I don't think so. I spoke too soon, I think, though, Jenks. When I said the untrustworthy bowl, I think we have uh-huh. contenders for this title. The Eagles and the Bucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Monday night game, eight fifteen game on ABC and ESPN. What are you going to do with the Eagles who are laying two and a half points? What are the Eagles going to do with the Eagles? They are completely oh, lost right now.
1: Gosh. The problem is in sports betting you always want to buy a stock at its absolute lowest wouldn't you say this is the low point for the eagles
0: yes yes else for the giants yesterday and then last week they lost to who the cardinals this is how you're going to the playoffs Whew. stay away coming up next it is that time of year the very latest from black monday as it happens and the dust up at the end of the falcon saints game some drama next on the daily tip from vql presented by GM.
1: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BET MGM. <laughs> <laughs> on the BET QL Network. <laughs> Let's get back to The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BET.
0: It is a daily tip for BQL presented by MGM Coming up, more than a few head coaches will be looking for work this week. We will talk about Black Monday in the NFL and get into the dust up between Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen at the end of the Falcons Saints game. Chelsea, I am at a tipping point. I cannot decide if I'm going to be sick or not because right now I'm fighting it off. The lovely Catherine yesterday. Had to go to a, an emergency clinic. She had a fever of 103. And the doctor was like, we think you need to go to the hospital. And she was like, I don't want to go to the hospital. She's like, I, I've been here for three hours. I want to go home. And the doctor said, well, your heart rate is exaggerated right now. So either your body is fighting off something serious or you're dehydrated. So... They made her sit there. She was gone for like three and a half, four hours yesterday afternoon. I'm like, are you okay? This is supposed to be a quick visit. What's going on? She said, yeah, they're keeping me here for observation. I was like, oh, God. Well, let me tell you something. I started feeling bad in the last couple of hours while I was waiting for her. And I don't really, I'm starting to develop a cough. And if I develop a cough, I'm not coming into work because I don't want to get other people sick. But I am weak. Do you know what time I went to bed last night because I couldn't sit up? 5.15, Five fifteen, I laid down. I swear to God. And it wasn't like, hey, I'm I'm talking like I just laid there and I was watching some football. I was like, I gotta go to bed. It's the only way I'm gonna be able to get up tomorrow. I'm exhausted. My body is dead. So whatever's going around, man, it's trying to get to me. New Orleans got you. Oh, it sure did, man. It sure did. Now, Catherine is out. She's taking she never takes off work. She is out today. So I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to uh fight the good fight here while also being, you know, respectful of the environment. I don't want to walk around here hacking up a lung, but something's going around and I'm fighting it off.
1: It does feel like it's just that time of year where somebody is always sick. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the winter, that's normally how it goes. It feels like you probably got it from Catherine. Yeah, like oh, you definitely. guys live in the same house. Oh yeah. And I don't think it's New Orleans that got you. I do think It is your immune systems probably being compromised. You know, when you travel, when you are, you know, going out and putting a lot of more stress on your body, which even just traveling, even if you don't drink a single drop, simply being on a, an airplane that is exposing yourself to a lot more germs. So it's probably a combination of all those things. And the fact that we have a weird sleep schedule does not help either. So I hope you get a lot of rest and recovery today. Oh. And here's something that I've heard people do that it's kind of expensive. Got but it. if you really need to be on your feet, maybe it's worth it. People who get those IVs. Oh, have you heard yeah. of the IV drip mm-hmm. that you put in your body and it shoots like a bunch of vitamins right in your bloodstream? And just like that, people say they feel so much better. Like I've heard people do this after like really bad hangovers. Yeah. Or people who are just feeling like they start, they're starting to get sick and they cannot miss work. So they're like, listen, you know, if I can get back on my feet, mm-hmm. it will be worth my investment.
0: That's true. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to see how today goes. And it's going to be hit and miss. going to be a little dicey. But also, those things are expensive too. When I was in New Orleans, I only got one after yeah. that first night. I was like $95. <sighs> But I came close, and I was feeling that bad. I toughed it out the old-fashioned way. But it's not a bad idea, particularly if you want to ward something off. But you're totally right. It's just laying next to Catherine. But, and she's been sick for two weeks. Like, kind of sick with a cough, but then the last two or three days has gotten really, really bad. So putting up the good fight here. We have to talk about a fight. An actual fight. Not fisticuffs, but a fight yesterday between former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, who has now been fired, and Saints head coach Dennis Allen. At the end of this game, Saints defensive back Tyron Matthew picked off a pass, ran it back to the Falcons 1. So head coach of the Saints, Dennis Allen, intended to kneel the ball, put Jameis in the game, and they were in victory formation. They were just going to kneel, run the clock out. Well, then this happened. You know, there's a lot of factors that, that cause you to not be successful and <laughs> as we watch this touchdown. Oh, man. Oh, man. Jamal that's, that's, Williams that, that, with that, his first touchdown of the season, and that's the rivalry, right? It right. looks like a knee. And the Saints score a touchdown with one ten 10 to go. You heard that. Jamal Williams' first touchdown of the season. The players, the Saints players, apparently went rogue. And decided to ignore the victory formation call and ignore the kneel down call and hand it to Williams. So Arthur Smith was livid afterwards. And when he and Allen met at midfield, Smith was losing his mind, saying that was BS. That was BS. Of course, he didn't say BS. And then immediately after the game, Smith addressed what happened. Led, I mean, obviously, um, like I said, nobody you know wants to end the season like that. But, uh, you know, credit to them. They made the play certainly the second half, got out of hand. You can do whatever you want. I just gave them my opinion about it, but it doesn't take away the fact that they they beat us in uh, that second half. They took advantage of our, our turnovers and they hit some shots. On the flip side, it was Allen's turn to begin his press conference, and he immediately addressed the issue as soon as he stepped to the podium. We should have taken a knee right there, um, you know, they asked me about getting Jamal a touchdown at the end. Um, I said I wanted to take a knee. We put victory out there, and um, the guys kind of wanted to get him a touchdown, and they they did that on their own. That's not that's unacceptable. Did that on their own? So he said no, and the players like, nah, we're gonna do it. Mm. I, uh, <laughs> that's not great, guys. Not great. And also, the Saints look really good right now. Derek Carr looks unbelievable. The past few games, he has really paid off for the investment that new Orleans made into him but back to this when you're the head coach of a playoff team and the final play that you call before you end up going to the postseason your players ignore you that needs to be addressed asap
1: isn't this what a mutiny is like i'm not super sharp (laughs) on my pirate terms But if I'm not mistaken from like the Pirates of the Caribbean being, is (laughs) it mutiny when everybody goes against the captain? Like this feels like it was the case. Um, But Jameis Winston even admitted this. Did you see him talk about this after the game? And listen, we know I love Jameis Winston. I think he is one of the best characters in the NFL. What would you do, Jenks? Would you get Jamal Williams his touchdown? Because I am sympathetic to his case a guy that led the NFL in touchdowns. I feel like they said on the broadcast and then he had zero touchdowns this year. So like, we want to get him a touchdown. Head coach says, no. And they're like, eh, I think we're going to do it. Because (laughs) they only had what one yard. It would be one thing if they were on, you know, the 35 yard line, but they were on the one, why not just get him his touchdown? I understand if he's mad because the victory formation was there, you know, and if somebody gets hurt, that is kind of misleading because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do the victory formation unless you are just going to take a knee. But it felt like the players couldn't get around this without at least, you know, camouflaging at the yeah. very first. What's your take here?
0: Well, first of all, I said, the saints made the playoffs are not making the playoffs. They're out. So this is the final play of the season for these guys. So what, first of all, I think that's exactly. part of it. Like, what is Dennis Allen going to say? Guys, if I see that again, you're suspended for the next week. Like doesn't oh, matter to us, cool. coach, I'm going home, I'm going Already home, going buddy. We got Jamal a touchdown. So, but I will say that that is something that you do need to address as a head coach, clearly. And I, I understand that it's not that big a deal. You ran it back to the one, you're right there. The players want to score. It's the end of the year. But also when you talk about unwritten rules in baseball, which we talk about all the time, This is one of those unwritten rules in football where it's just something you don't do. You don't run up the score in the NFL. So if you want to be a stickler for the rules, I don't really have a problem with it. It's not a hill I'm willing to die on. But I do understand the frustration because normally it doesn't matter. We see this all the time. How many times does a team not cover in the NFL because they get the ball and they're right there? But then you say, oh, nope, nope, nope. This isn't about running up the score. This is about sportsmanship. We're going to kneel the ball. So this was against what we normally see in the league.
1: Sportsmanship? This isn't T-ball. This isn't the YMCA league. You know, if they score one touchdown, like that score was already out of control. Is seven more points really going to be that big of a deal? Especially in a season where we had the Miami Dolphins score 70 points. On the Denver Broncos. So I just feel like this is what you're going to get mad about. I get Mm. that if you say, okay, if you're going to do the victory formation, you need to do the victory formation. But if they wanted to line up and run a normal play, maybe this wouldn't have gone over so terribly. Like that's what I'm stuck on. Because if it's just running up the score, he needs to get over it.
0: Well, he'll have plenty of time now because the Falcons shortly thereafter fired Arthur Smith, who went 7-10 and this season after three years in Atlanta, did not have a winning record in any of those seasons, did not have a playoff appearance, and I think this game in particular probably sealed his fate. He was probably going to be gone anyway, but the Falcons scored on their first two possessions of the game and then got outscored 41-3 to the rest of the way. And now we have to keep an eye on the rest of the NFL. It is Black Monday. And I would not be surprised if during, during the course of this show, we see guys fired. The Patriots will meet with Bill Belichick today. He's going to sit down with Robert Kraft. The commanders, according to the NFL Network, are going to fire Ron Rivera. And then we have all sorts of other openings across the league that will eventually be filled from Panthers, Raiders, Chargers. I, I would imagine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bet. The Ron Rivera news will be released before the end of this show.
1: Well, you should know, you know, you work for the commander and that's <laughs> the true. thing. It's difficult for me to sit here and speculate because I don't have any ties and I don't have boots on the ground to any of these organizations. You, my friends, are in close ties with the commanders. So I would say if anybody knows, you do. Even though it feels very obvious that Ron Rivera yes. is gone in Washington.
0: If you hear me pick up my phone and go, make the call, then you know it's about to happen. They definitely consult me on everything. Uh, coming up next year on the show, when only the best will do, we bring you the top performances of the weekend. MVP Monday is on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Hour 2 coming your way next.
1: For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the Beck QL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.